run, party, repeat. Welcome to the East Coast Adventures Dirt and Vert Podcast, where we talk all things running, racing, and training to help you get ready for your next big adventure. Learn from our successes and our failures and have fun at the same time. Join us right here every week with inspiring guests who share their captivating tales from the trails. And remember, nobody cares. Run faster. All right, welcome back. We're East Coast Adventures. This is the Dirt and Vert Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Matt. And I'm Mike. And we got a very special guest today, Bob Adams. For many of you that don't know who Bob is, he's a pretty talented ultra runner around Knoxville and Chattanooga area. Uh, just scrolling through his ultra sign up here, we're looking at 67 races and about 43 trophies to go with it. And along those trophies are several course records, one that Bob doesn't know that I also tried to break and didn't, but we'll get to that later. But Bob, if you don't care, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into running. Well, I'm Bob Adams. I'm 43 years old now, so well into the master's years. I uh, got, got into running when I was, say, eight years old, officially doing, you know, track and field. My dad was a, a track official uh, around Knoxville and some of the bigger races. So he, he got me into the, back then it was AAU Junior Olympics. Uh, Marty Sonnenfeld, probably heard that name around Knoxville. <clears throat> he, uh, he was the coach back then. And so uh, I was... I was doing track and field, mostly like the, I guess it was 1,500 and 3,000 meter running and uh, made it to the nationals a few times. And um, from there, you know, just did middle school cross country, you know, started, my dad was actually the middle school cross country coach at Farragut. And he, um, <clears throat> he got me to start running on the middle school team in the fourth grade, which oh, wow. was the sixth through the eighth grade. So he just kind of snuck me in there. Uh, to help out the team and so kind of did that through that ran ran in high school and took a little bit of a break during college and went to the army for five years after college and then then I kind of started picking back up uh, marathon running once I went back to Knoxville and uh, sprinkled in some ultra kind of stuff you know uh, for some of the years there and then since I've moved to Chattanooga in 2013 I've I've I, was still doing some marathon road marathon things, but mostly have switched over to ultra ultra training over the past, uh, you know, eight or nine years or so. So in fourth grade, you're running middle school cross country. Yes. Well, I know, I know you're a pretty tall guy, Bob, but back then were you, were you like the shortest guy on the course or were you the tallest guy on the course? You you probably heard some things I'm guessing because I was uh I was the pretty much the shortest person in my grade, let alone you know uh, <laughs> so I didn't hit a growth spurt until like in between my sophomore and junior year in high school. So I'd say as a fourth grader, I probably looked pretty out of place going up against some eighth graders out there. But I think I held my own. I can't really remember how I did in the fourth grade, but I'm. I'm sure I was in the top 50 somewhere, but by the time I was in the sixth through eighth grade, I was, I was finishing up there near the front. So it was, I have no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I would be so upset running as an eighth grader against Bob in fourth grade and look over and see this little guy beside me. And I'd be like, Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what am I doing wrong here? How is he beating me? So, so how did you, how did you get into ultra running? Like what, 
what flipped that switch? Well, so when I was in the army for five years and when I went overseas, I was just in Kuwait. So it wasn't, uh, I wasn't having to do much for fighting, but you know, I was bored. So I would just get on the treadmill cause it was so hot. I'd get on the treadmill there and just run for hours and kind of got addicted to it. And it took me a while to get weaned off of the treadmill. When I came back to the States, it was kind of funny, but I, I forced myself. I was like 25% on, outside 75 percent for a week and then i got myself to where i never wanted to be on the treadmill again but anyways when i when i got back to the states i was on an army 10 miler team that was we had some really fast runners so i was like man i'm getting pretty good shape not just for the 10 miler um you know I, i was able to we did a half marathon i was setting you know my prs and all the distances i was like i might as well jump in a marathon so started getting in, you know, a, a few marathons and uh, getting in the mid two thirties and things like that. And I, I don't know around town there wasn't much for you know ultra sign up wasn't that big back then. And th- there was just this fifty k in in Austin, Texas. So while I was still in the army, I jumped in my first fifty k. So it was kind of like I use a race to kind of prepare me for the next race. So I kind of did the the army ten miler, and then we did uh, a half marathon in December. And then it was like I did the Austin Marathon sometime like you know February, and then I did this prickly pear 50k mm-hmm. uh, in March or April. So it was just kind of like I was kind of using that uh, that as a way to uh, go about training for it. And I knew I wanted to go a little bit farther, but I just didn't uh, didn't want to go in too far. I still enjoyed marathon running and whatnot. And then the next year, I think like 2008 or 2009, once I was back in Knoxville, uh, I, I was like, I'm going to take it another step. I was still, you know, doing a lot of training that was just marathon training, but I, uh, I did a 50 K. Um, let's see. I did, did the frosty 50 K in like January. Then I did the iron horse hundred K in like March or something or later February. And then, and then I jumped in and did a scar crossing because Bobby Holcomb convinced me to go across the <laughs> I've never run farther than I guess that 100K that I did a month earlier. And uh, I was the only one to finish. There was like six people that started, like Jeff Woody and Will Jorgensen, the Cobb brothers, John and his brother, and, uh, and Bobby. And Bobby only ran the first 50K with me. I think he never had intentions of finishing it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I... I ended up finishing, you know, even though when I was going across Rocky Top, it was lightning and, and torrential downpours, and my headlamp was not the best, so I couldn't see anymore, and it got dark. So I'm like, you know, having to feel my way around as we were doing the switchbacks to get back down to Fontana. So I lost a lot of time just on not being prepared. But you know, that's that that comes with, you know, that's my first time going doing something like that where I start in the dark and end in the dark, and uh, and not not having the gear, the prep really to go through it. So now, nowadays I'm not going to make those kind of rookie mistakes, so to speak. Well, rookie mistake or not. I mean, you started off winning almost every race that you ran. I mean, you're talking about the prickly pear 50 K. Was that your first, was that like your first 50 K? Yes. So yeah, I kind of made it through the marathon and then I hit a wall and, uh, and some guy passed me. Well, I hit a wall maybe probably a little bit before that. And the guy passed me at the marathon. I think I was still going like seven something minute pace. And 
And this guy passed me. I'm like, Whoa, you doing the marathon? He's like, yeah. And ended up losing to that guy. But that once again, <laughs> hadn't, I hadn't gotten to, didn't have the experience. So it was just one of those things that, I, but that just set the, that just set the tone. But afterwards, like we got these big, like I'll say double, uh, 32 ounce, like uh, this 32 ounce glass mug. And they had, you know, some uh, brewery or somebody was sponsoring at the end. So I challenged the guy to a chug off. So at least we did that. So, uh, um, but anyways, that was, that was, so I was in good spirits. There wasn't any time that I've finished something to where I was so delirious and things like that, that it wasn't enjoyable. So I think it's just always having, you know, a good and enjoyable experience to where, you know, I want to go back and do it again. What do you think it is? you know, when you say the experience, like, what do you think the biggest thing is that helped you get past that point? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess the training, I mean, like I said, I, I mostly trained and did, you know, really fast marathons, but I felt like the speed that I had, if I was going to go out and do a 50 K, you know, I'm more so running, you know, what the, obviously what the course is going to allow you to go, but I'm going at a pretty good effort and I'm usually mm -hmm. running by myself. So, I mean, the experience is just me versus, you know, the elements and, you know, my own mind at, at times, because there's not really anybody else out there that I have to worry about. So, and back then, you know, in ultra marathons, you know, nowadays there's a lot more people and a lot more competition. People are getting into it at younger ages. I didn't even really know about it at the age of, you know, younger age, even mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And uh, not to skip forward too far, but this last, mountain mist 50k that i just did um there was a 19 year old that's now running for utc but this was his fifth mountain mist and he's 19 right now so wow. i'm just i'm just putting that in perspective when i was 19 I, I did my first marathon just because in college i didn't i didn't run you know, i was at ut i did not run for ut but somebody uh knew that i ran cross country in high school so they're like hey can you train me for a marathon I was like, oh, that means I've only really ever run. Maybe the first I've ever run is a 10K, like the Expo 10K back in the day. But I was like, sure, I'll I'll help you. It'll give me an excuse to go out and not party as much. So <laughs> did a few of those in college. But other than that, I, I think it's just getting into the routine and uh, of training and, you know, having having a good race to look forward to. And when you run well and, you know, the experience – like you asked is a, is a lot, is a lot better. And, you know, you find, you find races that you like and I, you'll probably see in, in my list that I, I frequent some races multiple times mm -hmm. just because, you know, I, I had a good experience. So, and I liked it and I liked the race director. I liked the, the setup, the, the post-race situation and the people that were there that even though I, you know, I'd always stay around and see a lot of people finish and hang out afterwards. So, um, there's certain there's certain races that I really enjoy doing, especially nowadays. So what what is your fastest marathon time? It's a two thirty four flat, and it was at Ooh. Boston in uh, two thousand nine when the wind was coming in my face the entire way. So my fastest two marathons are actually Boston, which is not a PR course. No, no, that's insane. Never tried to go get a, a fast PR on an actual fast course. I always I always would just train for Boston and just try to do it there. So, and a couple years later, I was actually in better shape and I was gonna, I was on pace to do like a 231 or 232 and, and my hamstring cramped up. But in that race, 
the wind was to our backs, but the sun was out the entire time. And mm. Similar to like Ethan, I have uh, an Ethan coffee. I have issues when it's direct sun and when Boston, it starts so late in the, you know, in the morning, the sun is above you the entire race. And so the day that I did really, really well in 2009, it was cloudy. So even though the wind was in my face, it was cloudy. So the sun wasn't draining and finally getting my, you know, my hamstrings usually ball up and, and that kind of thing. So I think I was in technically my PR is a 234 flat, but I, I I'm pretty sure I was, a. Uh, I was at least, you know, probably around 231, 232 potential, at, <laughs> like, you know, where I was training and whatnot. How many? Dude, that's, uh, that's incredible, Bob. How many uh, Boston marathons have you done? Uh, four. Four? I did four. So that, um, I've, I've done 25 road marathons and, and um, I guess 40 or so ultras, but... Uh, what has been your favorite road marathon? I mean, I'd say Boston still is just because I had a buddy that lived up there. And so, you know, the whole experience from getting to go out to, you know, Italian restaurants that he recommended and he knew of the people there to going to watch a Red Sox game every time I went in town. Not that I'm a Red Sox fan, but it's just a, it's just a, you know, awesome place to go. Went to a Celtics game once because when Boston's going on, the Celtics and the, uh, the Bruins are usually in the playoffs and the mm. Red Sox are just kicking it off for the season. So it's a great time to be up there if you're a sports fan, but let alone all the runners that you see from around that came up from Knoxville with you and, and whatnot. It and sounds like my brother, I wanted to mention him. My brother and I, when I moved back to Knoxville in 2009, he, he had picked up running and we both had, uh, you know, joined that team I was telling you about. And, uh, and uh, got a lot of good running miles with him for about four years before I moved down to Chattanooga. So uh, he came up to Boston all those years with me. So was, I got to, you know, have my brother around. And he was always a couple minutes slower, but that very last Boston that we did, he had never beat me in a road marathon. And I went in there a little hobbled with a calf injury, but I wasn't going to not race it. And uh, <laughs> I was beating him through about 23 miles and I was starting to hobble my way in. So I knew he was probably only like a minute behind me and I wasn't going to let him just pass me. So I, uh, I saw somebody o over drinking a beer off to the side. So I went over there and said, Hey, do you have another beer? Cause I'm, I'm just going to spectate and watch my brother go by and cheer him on. At least I pulled up a full beer to let him know that I was just, uh, I was why he beat me because I stopped, but. <laughs> stopped take, taking some beer but but no it was uh you know it that was my slowest boston time but i i haven't been back since and that was like 2015 i think but but i it it still is uh still my favorite road marathon for sure well that's an impressive time too oh definitely boston that's that's awesome did you did you uh ever you and Ethan ever just throw down at a marathon together? I mean, I've ran plenty of marathons that Ethan did, but I wouldn't call it throwing down. I, maybe I was with him for the first 10 seconds, but he was a <laughs> level. Then, then, you know, if I'm running two thirties by myself in about, you know, third or fourth place, say at like the Knoxville marathon, he's, he's a good finishing a good 12 minutes in front of me, you know, so, or 10 minutes or so. He's, I never really got to see him, but there was a few times that he kind of dropped out that uh, ended up, Getting his number, I guess you could say. Um, well, that's pretty really awesome. So, so what all teams did you run for? As far you said, you ran for 
you ran for the military, correct? Well, see, so yeah, I went to I went to Farragut uh, Middle School and High School, so I ran for both of those. In college, I kind of took a break. I just joined a fraternity, and my, the same one my brother was in. And um, I mean, I won't go into the sob story, but in high school, when I was a junior, when I grew those inches I was telling about, I was I was really short, and then I grew like ten inches over the summer. Well, I was I got a lot faster, but my hamstrings didn't hadn't caught up to my height yet. So I strained my hamstring and I was out my whole junior year. And mm. that was my first major injury. Didn't really know what to do to recover from it. And that's when colleges are usually looking at you. So I guess I could have walked on somewhere, kind of done that. But I don't know. I had been running since I was eight. So I, I kind of took a little break. Um, but then, yeah, I joined the Army and I ran on a few. I, I found out about the Army 10 Mile or helped form the team down at Fort Stewart. And then uh, at Fort Hood, there was a couple other guys that were really fast, that were faster than me. And, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get on this team. And we were <laughs> the fastest team in the army uh, for stateside army uh, stations by far. I think I was the, I finished fourth at the army 10 mile. It was one of the hot years where somebody had passed away at the army 10 mile and the Chicago marathon that same year. I think it was like 2006 or seven. And, uh, but I still, I think did like a 58 low or something like that with those extreme temps, but, and I was fourth on the team. So that was a pretty good team. After I came back to Knoxville, um, I got picked up in the team wars that it was runner's market versus EBS. Um, and that was employee benefit specialist, uh, this guy, John Smith. And I think he was just there to kind of, to give runner's market some competition. So he would like recruit these guys, you know, I'll say like, sea level Kenyans out of like not even <laughs> rubbing the runners market you'd get these guys in there and Eric Bell who went to Farragut and ran at UT he was he was kind of running from them but kind of dropped off when I came into town but he goes Bob you gotta run for EBS don't let don't let runners market recruit you so I ended up running for EBS I recruited my brother and we were beating that we beat him one year uh runners market and then by then, Ethan had come to town, and he had kind of joined Runner's Market, and EBS kind of fizzled away. So I convinced Ethan to form a Trooper's Bar team, which Trooper was his dog, and uh, he had this, I'll say his basement, he turned into a bar. We just built a bar down there, so we just called this <laughs> bar. People would always be like, Trooper's Bar, where is that? And we're just like, ah, it's just too hard to explain, and uh <laughs> uh, we just we just always known as a you know a bar team and but we'd do some we'd do some uh six person you know ultra relays at Blue Ridge Relay as Troopers Bar and you know a few other type of relays as that team and and did the team competition in Knoxville against Runners Market and others uh before that one finally fizzled away and I moved to Chattanooga and down here for like about a year we had this you know uh Patagonia or you know Patagonia like team Chattanooga and it, it had a, some pretty good uh you know ultra runners on it but it, that kind of didn't really stick for very long and uh but other than that that's pretty much what I've done team wise that's pretty awesome I love that story about troopers bar yeah. that's cool <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize you were the you were the main conspiracist behind pushing that into you know, yeah, well, we also other. So Ethan had a couple other uh, names you might remember: Michael Mintz and uh, and Pat and Max Paquette. He lives in Memphis now. I think Mintz has been in Canada for a number of years. But we also convinced them 
to run for troopers. So they broke away from runner's market as well. So it was just kind of like, it was really rubbing, uh, rubbing runner's market the wrong way that we were kind of purging some runners, some of the best runners and then running against them. But it was, it was just one of those things that, you know, you can't just have one team running the show. You wanted to have some help. So as much as it was, you know, if, if, for everything, it was really just to get some competition in it. And, uh, and it, and it was fun that way. So, yeah, I mean, friendly competition. That's that's awesome. Well, now they got what, like five or six teams now: Zenevo, and then the long run, and then eight East Coast Adventures is even is even listed up there now. So, that's that's awesome. That's I just kind of, yeah. um, I kind of just watch from. I don't really uh, keep up too much uh, with the Knoxville scene, but I'll get up there every once in a while and, and uh, for a race, a road race or something, but. Typically, I'll do the the one that's closer to me, Whitestone. I've gone up to the Whitestone 30K, and I'll typically still do the road one, even though I know they have a 30K trail race there. Uh, but every single time I've done Whitestone, I think the last time I did it, I was 40, so three years ago. I've never not done that course under a six-minute-per-mile pace. I've always done it. So I might have to get in shape and go back there and try to keep that going, but I'm starting to probably run out of years of being able to – because that's a tough course. It's not – it's not the easiest of courses hill wise. Um, so I don't know if I want to break that streak or just go, Hey, I've, I've done, I've done four of them under a six minute per mile pace and just leave it at that. But I just may- switch over. What's that? Just switch, o- just switch over to the trail side. So you ain't got to ruin the streak. That's true. That's true. I won't, I, I actually did look into doing it. I, and that's coming up in a few weeks. So I may jump. Yeah. yeah we, uh, we normally run the aid station at the Whitestone at the, towards the end, East Coast Adventures does. We've done it the last few years. Okay. And unfortunately, it fell this year, the same time that we've all signed up for the Chattanooga Erlanger Marathon. So we won't be there this year, but uh, we think we got someone that's going to fill in for us and just take the East Coast Adventures trailer and, and load up and still put the aid station on because we usually have a party back there. Well, I've done the Chattanooga <laughs> Marathon several times. I don't know if the course has changed. It's been a few years, but... Um... It's it's a fun. I mean, it's fun. I mean, for a local race, I guess. But it'll be my very first marathon, so I went completely opposite of you. <laughs> yeah, it will be my my first and my last, probably at the same. That's, time. that's what he says now until he feels how fast he actually gets to run, and it's pretty fun. It's true. So I, you do finish a lot quicker than I yeah. know. It's that's not. True. You know, it's not five hours or six hours. It's like three hours or three and a half hours and then you you're done you get to hang out and watch people still not convincing so going through like your ultra sign up results right now and, and doesn't always show your longest you know like your first big race mm-hmm. but you did some 50k some 25ks and i mean you did really well at them so like prickly pear your second place overall north Dam hard 25k second overall big south fork fourth that frosty 50 you were talking about you were first iron horse 100k you were first how was so was that 100k your longest distance at that point uh yeah by far i mean i think a 50k so, was my longest uh before that how did that go so how did you, you you've done marathons and 50ks and at this point now you're you double it now you win this race so obviously something went right but how was it like were you was there any down points? Was there any things you had to struggle and work through? So this one's down in Florida. So it's, um, you know, it's pretty flat just on some rail trail. And um, 
I figured I was not going to go out. Obviously, you know, I, I was doing marathons where I you know, can go sub six minute per mile pace. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out like it's a training run and do. I was actually doing seven minute miles. So I went through the marathon in like three hours flat or something like that. I'm like, that's probably a little aggressive still looking back on it. But at the time I was like, man, I'm comfortable. This is not hard. I'm not really straining like the speeds that I was probably or the effort that I was putting in on some of those 50 Ks that I had already um, done before. And so even through, I think it was about 33 or 34 miles, it was starting to become difficult to continue on at that same pace. So it started getting to a point where, and I had my dad kind of out there crewing and there was a lot of different spots that, you know, he could peek in and, and see where I was at. And I was actually for the first time trying like solid foods out. Um, you know, so I thought like, you know, spaghetti, I, you know, the things that I was thinking of that this would be good ideas. So I was like eating like, you know, spaghetti with spaghetti sauce and maybe some, I don't know, maybe some peanut butter and jelly. I can't remember, but I don't think it was going to matter at that point. And I was starting to walk jogging in probably from like 38, maybe 40 miles. And so I think I just had such a, a big lead that, and, and, and there just probably wasn't too much, you know, for people still doing ultras at that, at that, you know, a year type deal. So, um, I think through fifties, there's this one guy that was there that, you know, uh, he knew about cutoff times to make certain teams. He was saying through that 50 K he's like, wow, you're well on pace to making the, the hundred K United States team. And then like through 50, he goes, you're actually still on pace. And so like, even though I had fallen off a little bit, you know, and I don't think I was walk jogging in at that point, even through 50, but I think for about the last 10 miles, there was another they sent you back out for the last 10. So it was like 25 was the same course. 25 was the exact same course. And then you had to go out for another 10. That last 10 was a struggle, but you kind of learn mm-hmm. along the way. And I'm glad that I got that hundred K in and, and, and I took a few years before I did another one, but uh, well, I did the scar crossing and, uh, and whatnot, but other than that, it, you know, it was a learning experience for sure. So at like mile 40, the, were the legs just shutting down? Was that the issue? Just lactic acid and, or was it just. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, of course, a little bit of that. Uh, there wasn't, there wasn't much for like injuries. It was just more tired. And uh, so the pace just went from the sevens to probably just in the eights for a while. And then, and then gradually got to the nines. And then, you know, probably the last 10 was. Even with the walk jog, I, I probably tried to do, you know, run for a minute, walk for a minute. And I've utilized that in, you know, in even more recent longer races, you know, that kind of strategy of mm-hmm. uh, I'm not just going to walk uh, for a good distance. I would a- I'll always try to, I'll count my steps that I'm walking and then I'll try to jog more steps than I walk. And I've done that several times um, just as something to like keep my brain moving in, in, in a positive way. So um, I think I did something. I even tried to utilize that kind of strategy back then. Well, I mean, it, it that your time is impressive. I mean, especially yeah. for your first hundred K you, you did it in seven hours, 53 minutes, even though, you know, you, you crashed a little bit there towards the end, but I mean, running seven minute miles, that's, that's, that's a pretty stout hundred K to start out with on your first one. So I, I mean, that's truly impressive, but you know, then you go on and you do the JFK 50 miler. Ooh. That was a bad story, though. Oh, really? Let's hear it. <laughs> well, That's the one we like. Ended up beating me by 45 minutes. And, like, let's put it this way. Like, we, I, I was definitely uh, – this was way before he beat me in a marathon. 
So he still claimed to fame to me is like, I've still got the 50 mile, you know, faster time than you do. And like, he claims like a downhill mile. He's faster than me. But like for, for, for PRs, you know how brothers are. We're, we're mm-hmm. But like, so what happened, we were running together for like the first 15 miles. And then I started having stomach issues and I'm like, I got to take a pit stop off in the woods. And then it turned into two minutes. Later. I never caught back up to him. I was like, oh, I'll catch back up. And then two minutes later, I'm like, no, nah, I got I, that wasn't enough. So I'm back over in the woods and that had hit me like three times. And so then once I got down to the flat part, I, I tried to pick up the pace to catch back up to him and it was not going to fly. So I got to about 30 miles in and then I was even on all the flat stuff. I was in a bad spot. So I was already having to walk, jog that thing in. So the fact that he beat me by like 45 minutes, so JFK 50 mile was not. I can't say that of all my ultras, that was probably one of my least favorite experiences um, was that one. So, but was there anything you did different with nutrition or it was just a bad day for your stomach? It was just a bad day for my stomach. So then once I was trying to maybe play catch up, I don't, I think I had already lost a lot, you know, uh, you know, electrolyte wise. And mm-hmm. I, I probably was not running with any kind of salt tablets or any kind of, you know, I, I probably had some gels, things like that. So I was already, when I kind of hit the wall around 28 or 32 miles, it was, I was, uh, once you're starting to feel that way, it's already way too late. So I was, I was really bad on the nutrition on that one. And I think it was just cause, you know, I had, I had stomach issues so early on in that one. But I still finished. I, I was going to say you still finished I, I dropped it from something. Some people get disappointed in races and they drop because they don't want that finish to, to be on the record. But I'm, I'm going to muscle through things. So that's not how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and that's, that's a hard race to finish like that. You know, I mean, when, when your stomach's that upset and you're like mile 30, <clears throat> you can't think about eating or drinking like, and when you do, you just, it's not going very well. So you basically just run that on an empty stomach with no yeah. nutrition. It's, it's terrible. Well, no, I stopped at the aid station. I would just stop there for five minutes and just talk and eat and keep eating. And, <laughs> and that's one thing I can do. I, I can eat solid foods all day long in, in ultras now. I mean, cause I mean the pace, you know, even just the latest 50 mile, you know, the, the Natchez trace one I did in, in November, like they were cooking quesadillas and bacon and, and I'm just, go, but I'm going like, you know, probably eight thirties or something like that. It was, it was a pretty runnable course. I mean, it's a little rolling, but, um, I'm, I, they say they've got quesadillas and, and bacon and things like that. I'm like, okay, I grab a whole quesadilla, grab a, a handful of bacon and I keep going. Now the bacon was a little too chewy. So I chewed on that for a couple minutes and then it probably <laughs> out because it wasn't, it wasn't your crispy bacon, but he probably was cooking it, you know, ready for all the other runners coming about 10 minutes after me or 20 minutes later. But got there too quickly. The bacon wasn't done yet, but yeah. Stop and, wait. I, and I prefer solid foods than just uh, my earlier years in ultras. I was just going off of gels and things like that. And that's just what I was used to for marathon running. Mm-hmm. But I, I prefer to, to eat, uh, to eat, I'll say healthier, regular foods more so because I'm going at, what I would perceive slower pace than for effort wise, my, my body can handle eating and I'm not, it's not roughing up my stomach or anything by doing that. Yeah. You can't bait. You can't beat a quesadilla and bacon. Oh no. An ultra, oh no. It's great. That, that and the grilled cheese. And an avocado. No, no, no avocado. <laughs> so 
Then you did Norris Damn Hard. Uh, you did the trail race, the 25K, and then it looks like there's just like a whole year where you don't have anything on ultra signups. You probably did some other stuff, but then you do the Norris Damn Hard Trail 50, and you won it. And then you go and do Georgia Jewel 50 miler, first place. Now, the Georgia Jewel, have you done it since then? Or is that the only time you've ever ran it? The only time I've ever run it. And it was, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's had, um, yeah, what's, it's, it was the old course and it was, a you know, the mm-hmm. old race director. I mean, it was, it started at the, um, it started and it just went out 20, or 25 miles and it came back 25 miles. Now I think they, at some point they maybe bust you out there and you just ran back. Yeah. 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 Just different. But I have not done it since since the it's the new course or anything. Well, I mean, you already checked that one off the box, so you just roll on, right? right? <laughs> and now, now you've done it. Now we're moving into a stage race. So you did the uh, Chattanooga Mountain Stage Race. Tell us a little bit about this because I don't think any of us have ever never done this event. And looks like you did really well. It always it. looks fun, but it's what Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal. So I've done it three times, but back then it was it was. When I first did it, what was that, like 2013? Somewhere around then. Yeah, nailed it, 2013. I had just moved down to Chattanooga, and there was it's always had really strong competition. And so um, the year I did it, of course, had strong competition. I thought I was in really, really good shape. But I had David Riddle, who's won Mountain Mist probably like 10 times, and uh, he was in it. And there was a, you know, another guy, Daniel Mueller, that was really, that was beating me on all the stages as well. But... It's basically um, all three of the, what we call the mountains down in Chattanooga. You got uh, Lookout Mountain, Raccoon Mountain, and uh, Signal Mountain. And they've kind of switched it up now uh, where they've added the Cumberland Trail instead of doing Raccoon. So they've made it actually even more difficult. And I have not done it since they've done that. But it started on Raccoon, and that's the easiest one. And, uh, you know, you're just blazing on that thing. Uh, I think I did it in my... hour and 50 minutes like for like i think it was about 18 miles or so maybe a little bit less uh yeah. on your watch so but and then you went to a harder stage on lookout mountain which had a lot more you know vertical gain and moss on it a little bit more technical and then it always ended on signal mountain which i don't know if you guys have ran down there it's got it's just a lot it's a lot technical i'm i'm not the best technical runner i would rather be able to use my utilize my speed and when I have to just be hopping around over rocks and, and all that kind of stuff, it, I, I just turn into, I just, I'm just turned into an average runner and, uh, and people just that are really good at it. They train on it. They, they just blow me away. Uh, some of the fast technical runners down here just kill me on the technical section. So when I got to that section, uh, I'd like to say I was running really strong until about the last eight miles or so of that, that section. And the other two, the other two days, by the time you got to that third day and it's the toughest section, yeah, I was, I was pretty spent. So it's three days in a row and, uh, ended up, ended up third, I think, cause the guy that, what, there was another guy that was beating me, but he dropped on that signal day cause he had an ankle, ankle injury. So mm. I, I lucked my way into third, I think that year. And I would say that's pretty impressive third overall. Yeah, no, but it was, it, you know, I've, I've done it. Uh, several other times since and um ended up finally winning it and i didn't do it haven't done it since then but um but you know there's certain races i like to do a lot and 
I've done, you know, the lookout 50 miler several times and I've, you know, the upchuck 50 K that's local. I've done that, you know, 30 times or so. And, uh, obviously mountain mist is now like the one I like to do. You get, you do it 10 times. That's down in Huntsville. You do it 10 times. You get a jacket. So I've done it five times now. So I'm halfway there. And my goal is to get a top 10 finish there all 10 times that I've done it. And obviously I've started a little later on mountain mist than that 19 year old that's already done it five or six times, <laughs> but I'm 43 now. So, you know, if I'm doing it, if I do it the next five years, I'm, I'm going to be getting close to 50 probably on my 10th time. And, uh, if I'm able to do it the next five years, I've just kind of gotten lucky that I've had that weekend off, but, um, to get top 10, there is still the next five runners that are usually behind me. I'm usually finishing about fourth or fifth there. I've never finished in the top three. That's why I like it. It's, it's got really good competition mm-hmm. finishing the top 10. I can't fall off too much farther, maybe another 15 minutes, but, People start rolling in after that, but I'm, my goal is to do that. So I'm going to try to keep my fitness up to be able to accomplish that at least. But I've heard it's an awesome race. I've never ran it, but I'm, I won't do it's on my list. Well, Hey, if you do it, I mean, it's once again, we, you'll have to get like maybe the Knox, a Knoxville team to come down. Cause we always do this. I'll just say it's not a part of the race. There's no team competition, but we always have Chattanooga, Nashville, Huntsville, I'm one of like the captains on the Chattanooga team. So we all, we we're now winning all the time. It's, it's pretty, it'll be, it's probably going to be pretty hard for any other city to beat us now. But I mean, I, now that we have that 19 year old now, that's he somehow gets to run at UTC. They don't have track season. So I feel like you went out and recruited these people. <laughs> I know we, we got those teams, but we, we haven't really seen enough people from Knoxville to warrant trying to ask, Hey, Knoxville, you need to form a team. So yeah, always had Huntsville, Birmingham, Atlanta, Nashville, and Chattanooga, but you guys need to form a Knoxville or an Athens team or something. Get some people down there. I was say, I think we can do that. Yeah. Find some runners. Call it David's bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got uh, now we got a big race coming up that uh, we're getting to here, and I've heard some stories on this one, and there's some questions that will pop yeah, there up. There might later be a question later about one, it, but and you might even talk about. I already it, know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> so uh, I hear, so the pistol 100 miler. This is your first 100, right? It was actually so, going great. If you want me to just go ahead and talk about it, uh, <laughs> over with. So. I was going to go for the 100-mile record and not only get the record, but break the Tennessee you know, record and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to throw it under the bus, but Will Jorgensen said at this, he goes, right before the race is starting, this is like race day of, he goes, all your watches are going to be wrong. He added a mile to every lap. He said, and, but he was only calling it 10 miles, but your watches are going to say 11, which everybody's watch said 11 every lap. But it was only counting it as it was 10 months. Every lap. And it's 10 laps, right? So as each lap's going on, it's just burning further and further into my brain of how mad I am that I'm not going to be getting the record. Like, I, I was the first one through the 100K. And I finally got bit by a dog. I got bit by a dog somewhere out there on the seventh lap. That I said, that's it. And I was running with, I think, Tony Owens and Kathy Smith at the time. And, and I go, you know what? That's it. I said, this is BS. And we had been trying to convince Will to, to drop this lap, that this extra lap, because it was going to be a whole extra lap that we'd have to do to get to the 100 miles. Mm-hmm. It would be 110 by our watch. 
But guess what? So I finally just said, screw it. I'm done. I quit. I never quit racing. But I was just like, I'm done. And guess what? Will or Tony or somebody calls me and they go, and I had already left the course. So I was already, it was already done. Uh, the fact that I've got to finish was because I convinced Will after the fact, because I came back the next morning. I'd had 14 hours of sleep, by the way. And again, we're drinking, drinking. And then, but they call me and, they, and Tony had convinced him to drop the lap. But after I had already stopped, it took him longer than 66 miles for him to decide to drop a lap. I think he decided to drop a lap. If I would have kept going one more lap, he would have dropped it. And I would have probably been in, you know, had a, a new, you know, I would have probably had a second win or a fifth win at that time and, and kicked it in for 15 hours. So basically I went to my bus, had probably like six beers, drank, and I woke up next to my wife on the air match and I go, you know what? That course doesn't close for a long time. I'm going back out there and finishing what I started. And so I went back out there with 14 hours of, of, of not being on the course, just started without telling Will. And I ran into PK the next morning. I was blazing because I had all that rest. I was doing probably like 730s, eight-minute pace. And I was all these people that are still left from the course are all these walkers and stuff. And I'm just blazing by them. They're like, who is this guy and what does he do? So then I finish, and Will's just like, well, you know you left the course. And I was just like, well, I mean, this was my first 100-miler, and you did drop that lap. But you didn't. Anyways, it was it was something I never really wanted to go back to that race, and it's I don't have anything against Will. I like Will. It was just something that occurred in that one race. So you'll see my time on there. You'll see my finish place. But just put the asterisk in there that I slept for fourteen hours. Well, it's funny. So, so I was dropping bibs off today to Tony because he's timing the the Gone Loco this weekend, and and he said, when you see Bob, mm. remind him. That I beat him in the first hundred, or in his first hundred. A lot of people beat me in that, right? Because I mean, but at the time, I didn't really think about. I don't really care about what Ultra Sign-Up says, but it does. It, it says I finished like sixty-seven. So I bet a lot of people look at that and they're like, "What did he do? Did he blow up? What happened to him?" But it, it's something that I, I never really talk about too much. And I said, I don't, I don't have any bad blood. It was just something that the race director said was going to happen, and it was not what happened the many years before. And it happened to be the one year I was doing it. And I didn't mention that my wife was pregnant with our first child. And she was out there still, you know, at the time when I finally, like at 11 at night, I was just, or whatever time it was, maybe it was like seven at night. And I was like, you know, and when I decided to quit, I was like, I'm looking at her and she had our child like, you know, a month later. So, I mean, she was pretty, pretty pregnant at the time. I was like, you know what, let's just get out of here. So, but it was just one of those that, you know, I kind of wish I would have stuck around, you know, after the fact, but. If he hadn't, if now, especially knowing that he dropped a lap, but if he hadn't dropped a lap and I would have gone 110 miles, I, you know, I don't know. I would have been, I would have still been kind of disappointed about it. But if, when I dropped, I dropped after 100K. So if I had signed up for the 100K, I would have won that thing by a good third. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that, I guess. You can't just say, oh, I'm dropping to the 100K in the middle of it. So, well, Tony did say that it was Kathy that convinced Will to drop the lap. So it had everything to do with Tony. It was Kathy. Will, and he wouldn't budge. And then Kathy finally convinced him. Oh. Yeah, because Tony was laughing. He's like, I'm pretty sure Bob went home and slept and drank and oh. come back and still finished in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like 28 hours with 14 hours of sleep. Seriously. Like, I did it. And it I mean, obviously, if I hadn't had that sleep, I, if you would have just combined the time, I probably wouldn't have finished in 14 hours and 30 minutes. But it would have probably been somewhere around 15 hours. Yeah. Tony Owens, if you're listening, 
Bob admits you beat him. He did. He did. He didn't sleep. Uh, uh, well, I, you know, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. though. Like you, you've built this up to go and try to break the state record, you know, and it has to be a certified course. Yep. Yes. And at that point, you're so disheartened. I would imagine that's all you're thinking about. And I mean that you're mentally, you're just not there at that point. I mean, it was, it really just came down to like who certified it. Cause I'm like, if all <laughs> are gonna be off, I was like, how is it off this? I mean, you know, the Maryville Greenway, it's not like, mm-hmm. it, it's not like super curvy. I mean, it, a lot of it's just straight. I'm like, how is it going to be everybody's GPS watch is going to have an extra mile on? So I was just, everybody was confused. So when you're talking about the confusion and as you get further, further along, 100 K in, you're getting a little more delirious and the confusion starts turning into madness. And you're just like, this is ridiculous. And so you you start just getting mad. And so I I usually don't get mad in races. So I probably needed to stop in the first place. You know, it wasn't enjoyable for me anymore. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I I get it. I mean, it's when you're on a greenway, you you're not losing GPS signals, so no. <laughs> it's not missing miles or gaining miles. So I totally get it. But so I wanted to stick to more trail ultras because it wasn't. It's not really about you know if the distance is exactly right. What they say called a 50k. If it ends up being 36 miles or it ends up being 34 yeah. or or, right. 20, or you know 30 miles. You know, it's just like you're just you're miles. But the course and stuff like that so i um i kind of like those a little bit better yeah well and if if i'm looking at this right so that was in like 2016 is that right Uh, it'd be 2014 that was my unless that was my uh second child so yeah 2016 must have been your second child (laughs) second child so i had a two-year-old and (laughs) was very close to being born so but what i'm looking at here is that was 2016 you waited three more years to do, to do another? Well, so several uh, big events occurred. Not only did I have my second child, but then my, my firstborn had, and I'm not going to go into this too too far. He had childhood cancer at the age of two. And we were up in Cincinnati for like three weeks, went to you know chemotherapy for a good eight months down in Chattanooga. But I wasn't really thinking about running long races or getting away, going away from my family during that time. So that, that whole year was kind of a wash. You know, I probably did a few local things, but it was a really busy time around our house. And then uh, even a couple years after that, we had our third child, you know, who's now three. So it's just, you know, there's been some years where I just don't race that much. It's just, it just doesn't work out. And, but I still get in the miles. I still, uh, Still get in the routine, and that's that's just as enjoyable to me as getting in, you know, mileage and uh, whether I'm racing or not. But yeah, there's been some breaks in there, but it usually went around um, a significant event that occurred. But, well, that's totally understandable. Yeah, and I I love the fact though that you continue to train and run because I mean that shows your discipline and that probably do it for mental health some yeah. too. Like yes, yeah. oh, yeah. outside because. You know, when you're in the hospital, you know, next to your two-year-old that can't really tell you why he's crying and that kind of thing. So uh, I, I had to get out. So whenever my wife would, I, I had no sleep when she would come replace me, I'd be like, I'm going to go out and just run six to eight miles and just go clear my brain and then go home and sleep or something like that. I, I was like, I got to get in my, got to get in some miles because if not, then 
you know, then you start forming other bad habits and it's just, uh, I've always found running's always been, especially over the past, uh, say 15 years, especially has really just been what I enjoy doing. So if yeah. I'm not, doing it, if there's like, if I'm injured, I'm like really not in a good spot. So I'll, I'll do a lot of treadmill hiking and or uh, a little bit on like a mountain bike or something like that, just on roads on a mountain bike. I don't have a road bike. I don't really want to get into that. It's just more of a, um, I still want to exercise a certain number of, you know, hours a week type thing, even if I'm injured, but just, uh, you know, I feel like I need it to keep up with what I'm used to. Yeah. I mean, you, you need it to, to be able to, you know, help yourself work through whatever you're going through. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of people do it for, you know, fitness and physique, but when you're a runner and especially an ultra runner or someone that's doing a lot of distance, like you, you develop this passion for mm -hmm. it and this love. And, and at the same time, it also becomes your place to where you like work through your, your thoughts and, you know, prayers, everything else. And, and, you know, it becomes like who you are. So, when you do get hurt or something like that happens and that's taken away from you, it's hard to deal with sometimes. It really does. But once again, I always find a way to still exercise in a certain way, whether it's, you know, weight training or, or, or any type of other thing to, to help, uh, you know, usually I get injured. It's probably because I've neglected some sort of weight training and, uh, I had like an adductor injury and I went and saw a PT and they're like, well, cause your ab abductors are weak. So like I started, you know, I got a BOSU ball and I always find to do stability exercises ever since then. I've never really had adductor issues again. So it's just like, you know, you figure out things that you, that you, you're kind of getting weak in certain areas by doing the same thing all over and over again. So you got to, you know, stay strong and, and, uh, kind of just keep still learning, even though I've, I've been running for so long, but you know, you never, you never stop learning that. And I go through certain phases in my running life as well. Um, you know, my time in Knoxville was, I probably couldn't count many times I wasn't running with at least five or six people. And we were mm -hmm. always running pretty quick and, you know, I always had a good running group. There was a, you know, a running group that was meeting almost every day of the week up to Knoxville. And this is in the late 2000s, you know, early, and we had, you know, uh, you know, early 2010s. And we always had great, great groups of runners, you know, like Stuart Ellington, Andy Bax, uh, back when he used to run, uh, Ethan, uh, you know, a few others, they were always meeting up at all these, you know, these, these, uh, training runs and always getting it in. Whereas now, uh, after COVID now I've been working remotely at my house and I've got three kids that are now school age and I'm, you know, my wife's schedule is, uh, you know, less, uh, certain she's usually at work before we have to take the kids to school. So I'm usually taking them to school, but I have to, I get to come back home. So I'm usually running solo sometime in between when I drop the kids off to school and have to go either pick them up or if I don't have to pick them up, I'm still trying to run probably in midday if it's winter or uh, pick a good time when it, the weather's probably pristine or if a little bit earlier in the morning or later in the evening if it's summertime. But I, I kind of get to pick my own time and I, I'm running solo all the time now. I, yeah. I rarely find time to go meet up. There's Every blue moon, I'll go meet up with some Chattanooga runners on the weekend, but they're always wanting to run on signal or lookout. And that's a good like 30, 40 minute drive. And they want to meet at like five or six in the morning. I'm like, I have to have to get up at four in the morning. So I'm like, you know what? And some of those guys, I always be like, who's running? Because if there's maybe a few people that are a little bit slower, I'm like, you know what? I 
can sleep in later, go out and run 20 something miles and do it in a couple hours, you know, three hours or so and get it done and get back to my family. And, you know, I got some more sleep, get it done. Whereas I could have woke up at four, done less mileage and not get back to my family, but even later than what I did. So I justify not running with people sometimes just because it's just convenient to get it done and get it over with and get back home to my family. So, and that's kind of like what I do with racing too, is, uh, I do a lot more regional stuff now because I can go like mountain mist. I, you know, leave it, I wake up at four 30, get down there, race it, come back home. And I'm back home by like four in the afternoon and I've still mm-hmm. got the evening to hang out with my family. So mm-hmm. things I, I kind of pick and choose my races that way. Just so I get to not, not have my wife have to, you know, babysit for three, three children for that long. They're all under the age of 10. So once I get a little bit older and independent, I might be able to get away with going a little bit farther and for a little bit longer. And, yeah. But as of right no, now, my life. So it's all about the stage that you're in. I'm saying you're, you're pretty blessed in this area. There's all kinds of local races. Yeah. So oh, I know. You don't have to go far. We just, we, you know, we just keep adding them everywhere, which is awesome. I mean, I, between Knoxville and Chattanooga, there's just so many options at this point. Do you have a weekly target that you're trying to hit with your runs or do you just change it up each week? Well, I mean, uh, well, this past year was the most mileage that I've ever done um, in a year. I got close to, you know, I guess Strava said I did 3855. Uh, so that's. That's about 300 miles over my previous yearly best. Um, so I think it just really came down to I didn't get injured this year, but I don't really keep too much of it. I'll say, like, I don't think for, you know, far out. I don't really pre-plan schedules. Uh, I just kind of go off and feel. And I have kind of a weekly target I want to hit. So... If, uh, you know, I'm averaging 10 miles a day and I've done some easier stuff, I try to get in a fast workout. And if I feel good the next day after that fast workout, um, like a tempo run or something like that, and I get to the weekend and I can get in a good 20 plus miler and I feel really good in that, you know, I, I kind of just keep keep up that kind of same routine. If I'm throwing in a race, uh, just leading up to the race, I don't really do much of a taper except for that week leading up to the race. If it's a 50K, then I'll probably still run about 35 miles the five days before it and just so i can get in around 60 70 miles on the race week um with the race in it so yeah i try to keep it keep it around you know 70 to 80 miles a week recently um but it's not always been like that sometimes it's 60 to 70 miles a week Uh, you can't just go into it and you know off of if you're used to doing 1500 miles a year you can't just do 3800 because you want to (laughs) <laughs> so I've, I've kind of had the miles in, you know, built up over the years and I kind of looked back on it and I've done 3,400 before, 3,500 before, you know, usually around 3,000, 3,100 maybe on average. I've just had a, had a good year this past year and of just training really and just avoided injuries and got a little stronger. And, and so that's, this, this is how I've been able to uh, get in the miles. But I've kind of kept it up this year. I'm a little bit above, you know, I'm probably averaging about 78, even with some of the lower weeks I've had um, recently. But that's just to kind of recover after the two bigger events I did. But so I'm kind of smart about it. 
to get the average and then I'll finally boost it back up here in a, in a week or so. Keeping that mountain mist training, keeping them goals in line. Yeah. Well, you, you have, I mean, and even though you waited a few years, you absolutely killed Pinhoti 100. I mean, you ran it in 18 hours something and finished first place. So was that kind of like a, a redemption 100 miler for you after the previous one? I mean, as you can see, I, I don't, I don't try to do 100 miles that much. Um, that no. one would be the complete opposite. I had an amazing experience. There. You know, I, I went out a lot slower. When I say slower, I ended up running with the guy that was leading the race for the first 13 miles. And I'm like, you know what? We're going a little too hasty than I probably want to go. And so I let him go ahead and he got up on me probably like 15 minutes. And, uh, and then probably around like the 50, I'll say 52 aid station or something like that. You know, I had a, a crew there and or one guy that was, you know, helping crew. And, uh, he, you know, we were going to change out my shoes cause there's like this section that's just some dirt roads, some rolling dirt roads. So I put on some faster trail shoes and I was going to click off some faster miles and try to catch up to the guy. Well, here he comes just walking right by me from there. I'm like, Whoa, man. Cause everybody at all the aid stations, I don't ask how far ahead he is. They just tell me how far ahead he is. <laughs> Right. He's like 15 miles to 15 minutes ahead of you. Here he goes walking by me. I'm like, holy crap. I, let's get my shoes tied. Let's go. So I got my gear all on and I just start taking off and doing like seven. It was like seven fifteens over the next six miles. I passed him within the first mile after I just had like this big jolt of energy. And I, I took off. And when I passed him, like I looked back another mile later and he was nowhere inside behind me. And like you can see pretty far behind you on these dirt roads that you have for about six or seven miles. And once I got back onto the single track, I mean, I didn't even look back. I had, I got my, uh, I had another guy that was going to run the last 50 K with me. So that was all during the night and had, you know, had a pacer to go. And the other guy that was behind me that I had the fear that he was close behind me, right? Like he's going to get a second win and catch up to me. He ended up dropping at 87 anyways, but I didn't know that. So I'm like running, you know, running scared. So to speak. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and finish pretty well, I guess. But in most of those miles, if not almost other than those first 12 miles were all solo. And it's just, you just kind of, it, but it was still a good experience. Uh, I used that technique of when I was going up Mount Chia of, you know, running more than walking. So like, I still had to walk a little bit going up and that's probably around mile 40, but I would always walk about like, you know, 60 steps or something that I would run like 70. I just kind of kept that and it got me up the, the mountain pretty quickly. I was like, man, that's it. That's thought that mountain was going to be a little bit, you know, tougher, but, um, but anyways, that was, a, that was a lot better of an experience. Uh, not that pistol couldn't have been a good experience. There were just, there was just some, uh, that, that mentally put me in a bad spot. Yeah. Well, understandable given the, given the circumstances. At least you got your redemption here. But you're probably asking, like, why, why, if you had such a good experience at Pinoti, why wouldn't you want to do more? And it's just, I think, you know, I think at that point, you know, I was just like, I was happy with it. And uh, I think I tried to, like, you know, go in the lottery for Western Estates or something like that. You know, you have like a less than 1% chance of getting in. And so, but other than that, you got a better chance of winning the real lottery at this point. But after that, you know, I, I think I just started. Once again, you know, I, I you know, had a couple kids and already at that point and, and just, just sticking to family and doing more regional stuff and, and just yeah. kind of enjoyed it. 
Well, it looks like you come back and got your redemption at Cumberland Plateau stage race on another stage race. Cause I remember this one, this was the first time I, I met you cause me and Mike ran the day three race. And I think it was you and uh, Luke were running together in this race, if I remember correctly, but it uh, looks like you, I mean, you had really strong runnings all three days and finished first place in that. That's a John Harden race. That was, that was a fun race that uh, unfortunately, you know, just kind of went away. Yeah. No, and, and you'll see that there's, there's certain, uh, certain races you'll see they're kind of grouped together. I, I, I kind of like John Harden races and, you know, I've done the black toe. He convinced me to go out there when there was a, for that 12 hour one. And, uh, cause nobody had ever gone farther than 50 miles on it. And he's just pissed off. And, he, he got like myself, Show Gray, um, Olaf, Wasternick from Nashville, and, and a few others to, to go after it. When I was in the lead, and I was probably about 15 minutes or 13 minutes up on show or so, and I knew that I had to go another lap. Because um, I was just like, because if you, if you complete a lap under the 12 hours and you start another lap, you have longer than the 12 hours to finish it. So I was just like, crap, he's going to finish before the 12-hour mark, too. And he would keep going. I know he would. So, so I just went for another lap. And by the time I came back, show did not go for that next lap because he knew I went and I was already up on him by like 15 minutes. So, but he, he, he was already hanging out by the fire. And I asked him, I was like, you would have gone another lap, right? And he's like, yes, I would have. So I was like, dang. So I ran, (laughs) walked, jogged in the dark, my last lap on that one to get the 62 something miles. And, and more recently, I, and I'm glad I didn't, end up doing it but this past weekend he had the black toe event again he was claiming that he was gonna offer like a thousand dollars for his mm-hmm. break um a hundred miles in the 24 hour and i told him at that 50 mile or the natural trace 50 mile that i did in november that i would think about it but i already knew I, you know i had already kind of had the mad ultra one on my brain because ethan was trying to convince me to, to do it because he was going to be there and that was three weeks before Black Toe. And then I was already mm-hmm. signed up for Mountain Mist, which was a week before Black Toe. And I was like, man, that's just pretty aggressive training plan. I know yeah. some people that do ultras every week, weekend, but I'm I'm not really that type of person. And uh, so I never signed up. I was going to see how Mountain Mist went. And I had a little twinge underneath, you know, I think the insertion point from my hamstring meets below the knee. And it's kind of going away now. But if I would have tried to do that 24-hour, mm-hmm. I'd probably a bad spot so and of course this was a good year where the weather was nice usually it's a mess up there but maybe next year i'll uh i'll take them up on it because i don't think anybody got the 100 miles this year yeah i would i would I- like to go back next year so i went last year to break the 100 miles and i was 50 miles in right before the 12 hour mark and that's the race that i was running when i was in rabdo so i ended up having to leave that race and go to the emergency room. So I want to go back next year and go for it. Um, but what's funny is you were talking about the black toe 12 hour and that's the race that I was actually trying to break your course record, the 62 miles. And, uh, I think I was, you know, I was 40 something miles in and that's the year Luke was trying to break the hundred miles for the 24 hour. And, uh, me and Luke ran a couple laps together, but, that was very early on in my ultra career and uh, I was living on oatmeal pies and that didn't make it past about eight hours. Yeah. And it just, it just went South from there. I think I finished with like 50 ish mile, 50 miles or something like that. But, uh, I've kind of, I, I have the goal now. I want to do like you, I want to go back to black toe and try to 
get 100 miles in 24 hours. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a tough course, and John Harden puts on a great race. He does. He does. Well, I, I also wanted to mention one of his other ones, the Music City Ultra. I had forgot to look up what the, the course record was again that day of the race. And I went there, and he's like, it's, it's this time. He told me the time of it. And I went out there on that course, and I was under the course record. I knew what time I needed to beat. And I even, the last, one of the last aid stations, they had fireball there and I stopped to take a shot of fireball and, and whatnot. And I ended up finishing and he's like, he tells that, you know, he's like, all right, Bob's got the course record, Music City Ultra, you know, yada, yada. And then later on that night, he calls me because Cody Goodwin, who had the ultra or had the record there, he goes, no, I, I still have it by eight seconds. Ultra <laughs> oh, no. A long time, and I was like, I could have easily ran a minute faster or anything. I was like, yeah. I was sad. Another one of those things that I never went back there to, to go break it again, but I, I had a great race at that one. And I was like, ended up not getting the course record by eight seconds at one of his races. But mm. someone, I have just as much something kind of disrupts you on the way, even though I love John Harden races, and I still go to all his other ones. I don't want to go back to that one. There's just something. <laughs> like, it, I got it and i should and i thought i had it i was even told at the the, you know, the reward ceremony that i had it and i did not have it <laughs> yeah so that's my fault for not looking at you know trusting somebody saying a time and i didn't look at ultra glaringly right there so anyways I, I, I had a i had a technicality last year in the the black toe so even though i quit after 12 right at 12 hours i still finished like third place for mileage so yeah. john texts me he's like Hey man, you still finished third, just FYI. And he was asking me something. And I was like, Oh, well, that's awesome. He's like, Yeah, so you know, we I'll, you know, give me your address. I was like, Okay. And then the next day he texts me, he's like, Man, I just re just was reminded that I have a rule that if you don't start a lap in the second half of the twelve hours, you're DNF'd. Oh. I'm like, Oh, I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went from third to DNF, but DNF. it's, I mean, you know, I, at the end of the day, like, you know what you've done, so it doesn't really matter. But I was like, Oh, got, got hit with a technicality there. And there's also <laughs> a few stories within the stories that, you know, you can't really see when you look at the results, kind of like my pistol results, people will probably be like what the heck he's usually first or second or top five or something. How did he finish like 67th and a hundred mile? You know, it's like, well, there's obviously a story on that one. It's just, different things but yeah if not you saw the air mattress with a case of beer on the side of the course that was bob <laughs> yeah no problem when when i'm uh, you know i'm running by myself and i get to an aid station and they have they have some alcohol there and i end up like well you know what i'm gonna have some pickles i'm gonna have a you know what? i see that sh i see that big leader of fireball there i'd like to have a shot of fireball too so they're like wow are you sure yeah for sure or even I missed this last one at the last aid station. You know, there was no one behind me. I was already going to finish fourth or whatever I was in and uh, or fifth. And, and so there was no way I was going to catch any before me. But they, they were telling me as you're coming up to the aid station, you're climbing up this big hill. And they're, they're telling me, hey, we got beer. We got this. I was like, okay, okay. So I get up there and I'm like, all right, let's fill up my water bottle. Even though I have a mile and a half of flat to go. Filled up my water bottle. Chugged a few of their little, I'll say little half cups of beer and then uh went on my way and uh and finished strong but i don't know that's it's just something that's it's just part of the fun i guess
when I'm out there. I love it when they have like shots of fireball and beer and everything else at the courses. Cause I mean, there's sometimes where I'm like, it's a bad day. Give me one of those. (laughs) For most people, it was like that. I'm usually not having a bad day, but it's, uh, it's just after I take it, that fireball shot, I remember at the music city ultra, I was like, Oh, that was a bad decision. Like, you know, it starts coming up, up a little bit and takes a few gulps of water to kind of wash it down, so to speak. But, but it's still, uh, I'm not going to regret doing that, even though looking back, it cost me probably the course record by hanging out. Seconds. Well, I mean, I'm going, hey, I got to get out of here, guys. I've been here for about a minute. I got to go. Got a course record to get or something. And then end up not even getting it. So, should have should have drank that beer faster. Well, and and you also have, uh, you know, we I skipped over a, a race here that uh, I was going to mention, but uh, this is Doug's race, and it's a pretty technical race and you won it so um i know you said you didn't run really well in technical areas but caney fork i mean that's a pretty technical course isn't it well eh, once again there's always a story on on these right (laughs) this is the year that the river was like too high so he just did two loops up top so we didn't have to go down so i've got like the course record by probably a couple hours but i didn't have to do like the technical stuff Gotcha. So, I mean, I'll even, I'll say it how it is. I'm not going to claim that I have, I, I ran that thing so well or something like that. It was just, I had an easier course than any other year. So, so you're, so there's some years you picked the good course years. Yeah. I all up <laughs> draw, right? So it, it, it almost makes up for the pistol, right? Almost. That's right. So, <laughs> so this year, you know, jumping into this year real quick, you've, you've done, so obviously you finished November. You already talked about it, the Natchez Trace Trail Run, the fifty miler, which you won that one. You then do. I guess this is your very first backyard ultra. No, uh, I've done several before. Uh, have but you? Okay. Which ones? Have, which one did you done? Did Johnston Woods? Which you, I think it's on Ultra Sign. It's called Cannonball down in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And the Cannonball, though, it, it they they force you out he forces you out by like dropping a minute after, after midnight. So it's like probably like 70 minutes on, but he drops a minute every hour. And so it was getting down to, we were already at like, you know, it's like three in the morning. So I think we're at 57, 56 minutes to finish. And at that point I was just trying to kind of like what I did at the mad ultra. I just want to like beat certain, certain people. I I knew that Kyle's really strong, but I'll go back to cannonball. I had beat some road guys that were doing their first kind of ultra type thing. I was like, I'm not losing to these guys. But when it got <laughs> where I'm going up against a really seasoned, you know, guy that's done probably like, you know, 2,500 miles and stuff like that, I'm like, man, this guy's legit. He could keep going. Even though I knew they were dropping a minute, my quads were toast on that one because it's on Stringer's Ridge down in Chattanooga, and it's just like a more of a mountain biking course. And it's just got tons of little ups and downs. Like when I say little ups and downs, I'm talking about uh, 30 to 40 feet of gain and then 30 to 40 feet of, of loss. So not like little bumps. Like it's just, just constantly either going up or down. And I was, my quads were toast. And I finally just uh, said, good luck. Finish your last lap in 55 minutes and went on my way. But same thing kind of I did at, um, I did another one at Johnson Woods, but um, a guy was trying to convince me to, to quit uh by you know offering me a bunch of mexican dinners in cleveland or something like that and i was like nah not gonna happen we were only like 60 miles in at that point so that one was a little bit more of a small smaller low-key one 
But then when I got to the Mad Ultra, um, I was really wanting to go. I wanted Ethan to go farther. And, you know, once he dropped, I was like, well, I'm going to at least beat the two guys that you were trying to beat. And uh, once I got down to Kyle, he had he had a plan for me. Like we were talking and he's just like, you know, wh- you know, what's your plan? You know, if you want to go far, yada, yada. I mean, I, I was still running well. But I think at that point I was just like, I don't know if I want to run another 12 hours with just one other person at that point. And I, I know that comes with experience and some people are backyard people. You know, it's all about you need one other person to, to make it happen. But he was saying that he was once it was down to me and him. And it got to the night like thing. He was going to have me move into, you know, a tent that's got like, you know, a good fire, you know, going and that kind of thing. Not a tent, you know, something that's got a lot of good heat. And yeah. we were going to work together to make it go far and far. And what we talked about, but I said, look, man, I've got three kids and a wife that have already been out here supporting me for, you know, 28 hours. You know, they went home and slept and came back. But, you know, I'm like, look, man, I know that you can go for another mm-hmm. like 150 miles. And I've <laughs> We both have mountain mist going. No, he could have easily because like we were, he was starting at that point running with me and we did a lap at like, you know, eight minute pace or something. And I was like, okay, whatever we run here on my last lap, you've got to beat it. So I finish it and like, you know, we finish it in like 36, 37 minutes on a lap. And then he goes out there the next lap and runs it in 29 minutes. And he's a big guy. He's not a little guy. But, uh, you know, and we get on faster courses. Like, we went in Mountain Mist. We both ran Mountain Mist two weeks later. And, you know, I beat him by, like, you know, 20-something minutes. He's just, and that's not to say anything. It's just more about you get more to the shorter, faster courses where I'm actually getting to use my speed. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the difference. These backyard ultras, I mean, he's just a strong guy. I mean, he can muscle his way through another 150 miles farther than I wanted to go. So, I, and luckily that next night it was going to – it was snowing anyways. and. Oh, that would have probably turned into a bad decision, but um, maybe someday the backyard ultras, like I said, with a with a family of three, is not. There's not many weekends with my wife's uh, occupation that I'm going to have the opportunity to take three, four, or five days off to go really do something crazy. So uh, I kind of was lucky. I had Martin Luther King Day off, anyways, and and she did too. So um, it kind of worked out for me to do it. And uh, I'm happy with what what I did, even though I guess technically I dropped. Everybody drops except for one person. But well, when I saw you and Ethan, y'all looked like you were having plenty of fun. So let's put it this I way: I was disappointed when he dropped because that that deflated me. I'm like, dang it! There's two guys. One of the guys was from Knoxville, and I think you know he was trying. You know, if anything, wanted to at least outlast that person. He was having some electrolyte issues, and I think a day later he was kind of mad that. Because I tried to convince him. I was like, no, we'll take another one of your, you know, you call it some kind of drip drop or some kind of a drip. Yeah, drip drop. Yeah. yeah, that's his hydration of choice. Yep. I know, but he was, I was like, why didn't you just, I tried to say, take that because he didn't drop it on me that he wasn't going to do another lap until like two minutes before it was going to start. And I'm like, I didn't have enough time to get, <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. Ethan had a strategy. Like, He's like, don't tell him and not go. Well, because the other two guys that were about to drop, they were the past like three laps before that, they were going like 56 minutes. They were already on their, you know, I want to say they were close to being done. Ethan was still doing 40 minute laps with me. 40, like, oh, he wasn't like we had, he could have walked, you know, a whole lap and, and gotten his hydration in control. And, but he just, you know, when he dropped, it kind of, you know, kind of uh, took a little bit of my, you know, 
what the reason why I was out there is kind of just running, run along with him. And after that, I was like, now it's just down to me and another person. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because running slow is not necessarily what I enjoy doing. And uh, I feel like I was just by my, pretty much running by myself again for another 24 hours. That didn't really sound exciting to me, even though I think I could probably kept going. Well, in, in those backyards, though, you have to really have a reason and a want to to do that. Because, yeah. like, to your point, you got three kids and a wife. Last thing you want to do is run for four days if you didn't have an end goal you know like is that really what you wanted to do well and the person that won gets to you know gets an entry into another race a several level <laughs> race and all that kind of stuff and i'm like i'm not going to be able to do that race i'm probably going to hand i don't even know if you could transfer entries I was like, i'm not going to be able to do it so i would rather kyle go and do it because that's what he's doing that's what he's training for is all these mm -hmm. backyard ultras like i'm not doing that i only did it because like my buddy was doing it. So, you know, I, it's not really, even though I've done a few of them, it's not really, uh, it's not really what I'm, you know, out there training for when I'm at home and all that kind of stuff. Well, definitely. Kyle's definitely talented at the backyards. He's doing good. I'll, uh, I know he's doing capital and then I'll see him at the Bob's in mm -hmm. August. Cause I'm doing it. Yeah. So we'll, uh, that's the one that he got the entry into, I think. Right. Bob's. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit now, Bob. We uh we'll talk because uh, you you've already kind of covered most of your races, but one question for you, and then we'll we're really getting some questions here in a minute with Matt. He he keeps the questions list. Got him. One of the questions for for me and the guys may have a few more, but on here, what like what's your greatest achievement that you're most proud of? Uh, I don't know. There's some of the there's some that are really memorable. Um, but I guess if I had to choose, um, I'll say Pinhody just cause, uh, I kind of got, got the redemption and I ended up having a really, really strong race and didn't really have any setbacks. Uh, you know, felt strong. Nutrition was great throughout. So, you know, you, you had a strong middle, didn't really have much for lows. So it was just one of those things that you, you know, everything kind of went, went right. Um, uh, obviously, you know, I, I had you know good memories from doing that scar crossing, but that's not technically a race just because you know there was the lightning storm when I should have probably not been up there. And I had just met at the time; I was only like three weeks into dating my now wife, and uh, she, you know, I told her just meet me at you know at uh, you can meet me at the you know the Newfoundland Gap or whatever at at, at the 50k, and then she missed me up at. Um, Clemens Dome because she didn't know she had to go down to the trail from the Clemens Dome from like the from the actual center so she didn't see me there and then she goes right to the finish and she's hanging out with Bobby Holcomb who she doesn't really know because he already dropped right and so he he's down there at the finish and like so she's like she didn't even get to see me and she's having to worry because I'm like I'm not showing up when I thought I was going to show up because my headlamp was not working in the rain and, <laughs> but anyways it's just one of those stories and that uh that that was that was pretty memorable because of, of just of that kind of situation. But I'll say pre kids it'd probably be the scar crossing and post you know while having kids it'd probably Pinhody, um, just because everything kind of went went well. But do you ever do you have any ambition to go back and do the scar again? I mean, possibly. I you know I know that at the time I think I you know had close friend or you know right at the, the record. And that was like something that I knew that I could have ran a lot faster. 
uh, with the proper gear. And, you know, now that I did it once, you know, knowing where I could have picked up time and that kind of deal. But I just never found myself going back up there. Usually, you know, if I would have been convinced to do it, if there was another good group that was going to go for it, I would have. But most people try to, like, go up there and snipe it. You know, they don't really tell people they're going to go do it. So I haven't really been on the invite list for those. And (laughs) now that I'm getting, you know, I'm I'm not saying I'm too old. Uh, You know, at 43, I've still got some good years left. But, I, you know, trying to go for, like, the course records like I was able to get on some of these races, uh, it's not necessarily my my goals anymore. It's uh, just have a really strong race, keep up the good training throughout the year and have strong races. At the very least, try to be first masters, that kind of deal. There's a lot of young guns out there nowadays. I mean, I get older, but they keep rolling on in, you know. A lot more people out there these days doing ultras. Yeah, it's definitely became more mainstream. That's that's definitely for sure. But that's great, too. That's it's opening up a lot more races and getting a lot more people involved. Um, well, I'll, I'll kick us off with questions, and then Matt's got the entire yeah. list. But the very first question is the same question we ask all of our guests, and that's, why do you run? Like, what keeps you, like, when you're in those down moments and you're going through a race or even just your training, like, why do you do it? Like, why do you run? Because if I don't, my body feels rough. First off, I'm like, you. I feel the worst that I've ever felt if I don't run because your body's repairing itself, right? So if I take a few days off, you know, whether I'm injured or whatnot, my body just feels trash. I don't sleep well. I don't anything. It's almost just like uh, I have to keep doing it or or I'm just going to go through a bad state. And, and like you were stating earlier and it's been mentioned, you know, it's great mentally as well. Um, you know, you feel when – when you start, you might not be in the best spot, but by the time you finish, you know, everything's great. You know, you, you feel strong. I don't try to run until I don't feel strong anymore. I feel strong mentally, you know, and it's something to look back on, on the, during the week that you're in, uh, you know, I kind of look back at times, you know, in my training schedule, kind of just see where I've been. Like I said, I don't, I don't try to plan too far out in front at all. I don't actually, I don't do it at all. I kind of, even when I go out for a run, I don't even know how far I'm going to go when I, when I go out the door. Sometimes I just go and go for feel. And if I, you know, if I have time and two hours later, my wife wants to go run, I'll go run another time. And it's only been an hour and a half in between, but I can justify that after doing, you know, backyard ultras where I'm running every 20 minutes, 20 minutes or rest. So mm-hmm. a couple hours is a, is a long time, but yeah, to, just to answer your question, I, I just kind of feel like I've, I've always done it. I've, there's only been seven years where I haven't really been a runner. And those most of this year, I don't even remember because I was a little kid. So it's just something I've always done. I've always been a runner and I'm, I'm going to run as long as I can. My dad stopped running because uh, of his you know hips and stuff like that, probably around the age of 50 something. And he became like in a pretty good kayaker, open river kayaker. And, uh, like lake kayaker and stuff like that. But uh, I haven't really found that I'm getting any issues like knees or hips or anything like that. So some people say that, you know, I'll run myself into the ground, but I haven't done that yet. I feel strong. I, feel I, like can, see, if, I can see by your times, you're still strong. He's still fast. I feel like if you change out your shoes enough, uh, you have a good pair of insoles, you do enough uh, strength and, and stability, just enough to, to get by and uh and and whatnot and and try to limit your uh you know your your bigger injuries by doing all the said stuff the extra stuff to do it then you can i think you can prolong a pretty long 
or a, you know a good career in running especially my age where you know you start getting a few more aches and pains here and there you know i'm a lot quicker to resolve those than if i was you know early 30s i'd probably like i'd let things linger and not really worry about it thinking they'll just go away so i'm a lot i'm a lot uh, smarter about things nowadays bob's like where's my bosu ball (laughs) doing a few reps on it i love it well matt you want to start us off yes we got a few questions here let's see uh what particular distances do you like the most i'll say the 50k is my bread and butter because uh, most of the training that I do, if, I, if I'm doing 70, 80 miles a week, I haven't really strayed too far off of the, I'll say, marathon training schedule. Well, I'll say a more aggressive one, mm-hmm. uh, more mileage than I typically would have done back in the day. But most of my mileage is on road, uh, depending on the, the technicality of the course, if it's a trail race. I will definitely go in a few, you know, fewer longer runs that are on more technical stuff that I have closer to me. But... Yeah, I enjoy the 50K because I can get in, get out. So I was, what I was trying to say was, uh, you know, the marathon training, I've, I've got, you know, good speed, you know, getting in at least uh, one or two good, I'll say speed days, which is just faster, getting in a good long run day. And I can tailor that long run and or even a few of the slower mile days on trails that are, you know, more like the course that I'm going to be on. So I'm at least uh, able to do that kind of deal. But the 50K, I can get in and get out. Um, you know, with a decently fast time and not really have much fear of hitting a wall, so to speak. So I can run at a really strong effort and uh, use more of, I guess, I guess more my speed to my advantage. Whereas if I'm going to go farther than 50k, like a 50 mile or 100 mile, or, you know, 100k, 100 mile, or any of the you know the hourly events, I'm going to start out slower from the get go, and it's just more mm-hmm. of a you know, being a little more strategic about it. So I kind of enjoy the 50 K it's more, it's more of my bread and butter. Like I've said, we kind of figured that earlier, me and Matt were talking, we were looking through your ultra sign up. Matt's like, that's 50 K's. I'm like, yep. Yep. So speaking of the 50 K's, what is your fastest 50 K? Well, without having to look at anything, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, it's that frosty 50 K. And that one was around Salem Lake. And, uh, and I told Ethan about it and he went there and destroyed my, my course record there. <laughs> like, I did like a 308 there, but it's just on this, like, I'll say Jeep wide, completely fat, flat, you know, dirt trail. And, uh, you know, I think like part very, like about a mile of it at the end of it is about like some, uh, maybe some bike trail, but like, it's just, and there might, and I think there is a little bit of incline here and there but nothing that's not runnable. And it's just, there's no technicality at all. So, you know, I'm just going marathon pace and, and, uh, you know, like I said, a 308, which 306 is six flat, you know, pace. So that one by far is my fastest. And, uh, but that's, that course obviously was, was made to make, to go that fast. Speaking of Ethan, are you and Ethan BFFs? I wonder who asked that one. Hey, <laughs> Since I've moved to, to Chattanooga, most of my good stories probably involved him from back in the day. But since I've moved to Chattanooga since 2013, now we don't we don't talk all the time. Uh, we don't really we haven't really run together except for at oh, you know the many many laps at the Mad Ultra. <laughs> I you know I, I enjoyed going into it because I don't get to you know hang out with uh, you know with with those guys, not just Ethan, but you know even my brother and others. You know from a running perspective. 
since I've been in Chattanooga, I don't, I don't get up there as often. And usually when I go up there, it's to, I'm hanging out with our families that my brother, my brother's got three kids too. So our kids are just all playing together. I'm not looking to run with everybody. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've done uh, a lot of uh, those um, road 12 person or six person relays. Those aren't even going to show up on, you know, the, you know, all the marathons I've done or the ultra sign up or anything like that. But God, we've done, uh, we've done, multiple of those Blue Ridge relays as a six person team, where those are, those are really good stories. And we have the, the six person ultra record there. And uh, we won the whole event outright that year. We beat all the 12 person teams. Wow. So, wow. Stories, you know, just with, you know, if I get some friends that want to put together and do something cool, I'm going to go probably do it. So I've, awesome. I've, I've got some good stuff like that. So, you know, Ethan and I have a lot of good stories and, when he gets a, a wild hair and want to do something crazy uh, and he knows that he needs, you know, another ultra person, I'm usually the first person he calls to get on the team. So we, we're talking about going back and getting the master's ultra record at the Blue Ridge Relay. So we got to, got to have this on record because he's talking about, he's got, he's, he said that he's got him, my, or him, him, my, me, uh, Stuart Ellington and uh, his other buddy, Nick End that was on that, that ultra team, he's got four people that are on board to do it, but he, I don't think he's very motivated to try to finish out the team and, or I don't know if he's motivated enough to, to, to do it, but like we, <laughs> we can get this master's ultra record pretty easy. And, uh, that'd be pretty awesome. I'm going to get pace about doing it. So yeah, there's, there's a few other things that, you know, that I do that are just not trail ultras anymore that I'm, that I'm willing to go do just so we can get some, a few records here and there, but I would say that's a pretty cool experience too. So yeah. I get that's, that's awesome. Uh, have you ran any uh, races in the West coast? Well, there was the, I did the, I did one of those 12 person relays. I did the hood to coast in the very first year, the Knoxville track lab went out there. Mm-hmm. Technically it was our fastest time, even though we, uh, uh, and we always like to, to gloat about it, man. This other guy that lives down here. Um, we always joke, even though, you know, the Knoxville team has, you know, finished a higher place back, you know, in future years. We always talk about how we we finished the fastest team. And, uh, you know, a, a bunch of those guys that weren't on that team are all, like, they usually get mad that we get under their skin. But, but yeah, I, that was one that I did out there. Um, trying to think if there was a, any other ones. Um, I know I was signed up for a few or for one, and, and I, I think it, it went under, not went under, but I, the forest fires or something prevented it that year. So I, they ended up canceling the race and gave me some kind of race credit. I'm like, I can't exactly make it out to California <laughs> next year or anything like that. I kind of had it scheduled. I usually don't try to schedule things too far away, especially now that I've got kids that uh, plans don't always work out when you have to get away that long. That. Uh, this was a question, but we've already you know went over it. But is it true that Tony and Kathy beat you in a 100 mile race? Hey, look, you can look at it however you do. But uh, sign up if you look through Ultra Signups uh, results, you can see their names above mine. Well, Tony asked the question. We had to put it on the list. So if you give us a question, we have to ask it. <laughs> All right, and here's this. I think this is the last one. Um, compare the two running communities of Knoxville and Chattanooga. The biggest differences and the comparisons it's 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 difficult to compare because a lot's changed since uh i was there but my time and it's all about the phase in life that i was in mm. i was 
school most of the time that I was up there and or no kids when I was in Knoxville and I was always running with a group. So I enjoyed that time of life because I could always meet up and run with a lot of, you know, the faster guys and, you know, had, we were always laughing the entire time we're running these, you know, insane paces out on these training runs. And whereas, you know, now like down in Chattanooga, there's a great trail community, but I don't, I'm always, you know, keeping up with how they're doing, but I'm not necessarily always running with them and stuff. I get to see them at a few of the races like Mountain Mist every year and Upchuck 50K and stuff, but it's just totally different experiences. I'll say that I think, I think Chattanooga, if we went head to head against Knoxville, we would take you down in the, in the trail running scene. And uh, I think we need to make that happen at some point. <laughs> but uh, if you're talking about road running guys, I, I'd say that Knoxville's got a lot faster road road runners than uh, than Chattanooga. So those are probably the differences I can think. And I could be way off base on all everything I've been saying. So that's my perceptions. Well, I mean, I think Chattanooga has built a wonderful running community. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the trails and stuff over there, it's just exploded over the last, you know, five, 10 years. And I think they've done a really good job of making it very open and, you know, with making trails so accessible, like, like you said, I mean, there's three large mountains over there with just running trails everywhere. And some of the, some great races over there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a great community. Yeah, no. And, and, the, and some of I'll say the old guard now that Nathan Holland is finally a uh, 40 years old. He's another one of the fast guys down here that I'm always, uh, I'll say duking it out with, but he's such a nice guy. Like, you know, you know, he's not like, uh, you know, somebody that I, you, we, it's, it's almost like one year in, in the Upchuck 50 K we're, we're both blazing down the last like, you know, mile and a half or two miles is all like straight downhill road. And like, we're going like six minute per mile pace. Cause that's, you'd be rolling if you didn't. Uh, and like, he's just like, we're like going, well, who's going to take off and beat the other person? Like, well, I've already won this a few times. So you can take it. And I'm like, well, no, we're not. not <laughs> like, if you can run fast, run fast, you know? And like, we're like doing this while we're going at like these insane speeds and, and uh, I feel like, you know, I ended up winning, but I feel like, you know, he maybe had a, some more in the tank. So it's just like, oh, it's kind of a <laughs> roll your eyes thing type deal. You know, but, you know, there's a lot of nice guys that are you know down here, but a lot of fast, you know, people that are, and he always beats my tail at Mountain Mist anyway. So, you know, the one time that he, he allowed me to beat him, so to speak. So as fast as I can be, but there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, quality guys, but I, what I was trying to get at, Nathan and I still like, you know, for Mountain Mist, we try to get, you know, a good team to go down there. And there's a lot of guys, you know, when they go down there, we're always including, we always meet beforehand and hang out and hang out afterwards. And it's at least a good time to let people know that, you know, hey, look, we've got a, we've got a great group in Chattanooga and a lot of people, you know, see it happening. It's not like, you know, whatever you're doing by yourself, a lot of the miles, like I said, I'm doing these all by myself miles, but everybody kind of is, you know, keeping up with each other, so to speak whether it's behind the scenes watching or whatnot, but you know, when, when we kind of uh, work together as a team, everybody's all, you know, great and you know, they're all nice. So it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. You got to love the communities. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part about all of this. For sure. For sure. And even if you don't see them very often, it's when you get there, you just fall right into place. Well, most of them are all running together. I, I just don't, they most of them live on Signal or Lookout Mountain, and I'm out uh, in Udawa, out in the suburbs, and so it's it's just a little harder, especially with kids. And they've all a lot of them have kids too, but they're they're all trying to meet at like five or six in the morning and run out there. But 
I'm like an hour away from getting to some of their trails that they start at. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to get up at like three or four to try to do that. And not, not going to happen. So. Well, Bob, do you have any questions for us? Um, yeah, it sounds like a typical interview, right? Well, man, we, we truly appreciate you coming on the podcast yeah. and uh if you don't care when we end the call here just hang on for a second but uh we truly appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your story and man you're just you're a super talented runner mm-hmm. so we, we love to see what all you've done and to hear some of these stories and i mean kudos to you man you you have uh, just an extremely long career of running and and a successful running like you said you've you've not really been super injured or anything and it shows. And I mean, you have, I think me and Matt counted up like six or seven course records yeah, overall. So, I mean, just thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Ah, no problem. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. I need to get up there for one of your guys races at some point. Well, hold out for the Cherokee. That would be your, that would be a good one for you. We're working on it. Okay. We're oh, up in like the, in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, going to be in the Cherokee national forest. We're doing a, a, 50k 100 hang on 55k yeah 115k and future plans for 115 miler nice nice well they used to have uh you know the thunder rock out there uh and everybody's been saying bring back thunder rock bring back thunder rock and i know that's just over by the okoe and stuff it uh, does it does take one of the main trails from that race we will use one of those good 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 but yeah no I, i think that was probably when I first moved to Chattanooga, it was a race that I wanted to do. And then they dropped it. And I'm like, crap, that was mm-hmm. one that I would have done if I was going to do a hundred mile because it would have been in my backyard. Yeah. Uh, there's just not many, I'll say hundred milers close by. I know there's Georgia jewel that I could go do and, and stuff, but you know, uh, um, we'll see. I We'll see if I want to do another one. Uh, it'll probably be here in another couple of years. Maybe I'll do one in this year. Okay, so- I'll schedule too far, too far. In <laughs> I kind of go off of a whim and where I'm at training wise. And the fact that I've got some good training miles under, under my belt right now, uh, and I don't even have another race on my schedule right now. So most people already have their whole year planned out. Yeah. Uh, but I may jump in something last minute. We'll see. Well, I have I'll- no doubt. I'm, I'm sure if you're keeping those miles up, you'll see something that catches your eye. What about Johnston Woods? We'll see. Uh, I mean, possibly I, I haven't really looked and asked my wife what her weekend schedule is like, uh, you know, she sometimes has to work on the weekend, so it might not work out on that one. I may jump in the uh, stump jump uh, 50K, which is here in another month. They moved it from the fall to March, so that's possible. I haven't committed to it yet. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> 100% make sure that this uh, little lingering thing below my knee, it doesn't hurt when I'm running, but it's just one of those things when, you know, you lift your leg up uh, type deal that, that, that uses that muscle, I can feel it, and it's kind of like, I never want to go into something even, you know, 20% injured type deal. Yeah. I'd show its face 30 miles in or not 30, you know, 20 miles in. It's just one of those deals that, so we'll see. Uh, I'll give it another couple of weeks. I've got time, but. Well, don't worry. We'll, we'll be checking out your, your, uh, ultra sign up page. See what you sign up for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Bob, take care, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, no problem. Thanks.